Hey there, pod pals. Are you a print-on-demand creator looking to stay ahead of the curve? You want to know exactly when to launch your designs for every key season and event? How about a chuckle with an extra dad joke to brighten your day? If you said yes to any of these, then it's time to join the print-on-demand cast VIP list. As a VIP, you'll get our free annual design calendar, an amazing guide to help you time your creations perfectly throughout the year. And of course, we'll include a bonus dad joke each week as well. Signing up couldn't be easier. Just visit printondemandcast.com slash VIP and enter your email. Don't let another day of potential pass you by. Become a part of the VIP list, grab your annual design calendar, and let's dive into a year of inspired creating together. We'll see you on the other side. Radical! Welcome to this week's episode of the Print on Demand cast. Each week, join the gnarly Travis and Josiah as they provide insight into the print on demand industry and equip you with the totally tubular tools, advice, and strategies you need to achieve success and hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Now, on to this week's totally tubular show. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 113. Well, I always say that, but it's the first time you've been to episode 113, unless you've listened to it a million times, talking to you, Fiona. I'll just say welcome back to the Print On Demand cast. It is great to be back. I know last week Travis was solo because our schedules couldn't mm-hmm. really sync up and my work schedule work's been a little crazy, which is a good thing uh, for me, but sometimes it lends itself to things not adding up or lining up and so apologize for missing last week i listened to the episode and now travis said for those of you that are josiah fans i'm sorry he's not here and i was like i wonder i don't know how many are actually i think they're just like print on demand cast fans or travis fans but i I don't know how many like the percentage breakdown it's a rabbit trail nonetheless it is good to be back here uh and travis is monday afternoon we're recording this but you and i saw each other a couple uh, you know a few times over the weekend so Aside mm-hmm. from the parts that we saw each other for, how was your weekend in total? It was good. It was um, a kind of pretty relaxing weekend. So yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, we got to we got together on uh, Saturday morning with some friends and played some pickleball. Yeah, and um, I don't want to toot my own horn, but actually, actually, yes, I do want to. <laughs> Tooth my own horn because I was pretty amazing on that pickleball court and uh, yeah, had a pretty good day. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> you were undefeated. Um, no matter what team you were on, you were you were undefeated, and that's just how it was. Uh, I was on your team one of those one of those games. It was my first time playing pickleball in I don't know probably man like four or five weeks maybe yeah after having gout my ankle and then in my other toe and then being out of town and then being sick when i got back from me i mean it was just a whole thing and so i was excited to finally get out there but um legs were sore ankle was a little sore but thankfully i woke up the next morning and i was still able to walk and didn't like flare up any actual issues um but yeah it's not i enjoy the game even though i got my butt whipped for most of the day (laughs) And Travis did all the winning. I want to win. So, uh, yeah, what it is, what it is. It was still still a good time. So, yeah. yeah. I got a little bit of aches and pains in my back. I woke up the next, or well, actually later that afternoon, I'm like, you know, because you're, the motion yeah. to hit yep. the ball is just, you know, I'm, I have not been working out, uh, is probably yeah. putting it mildly. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was quite the workout uh, for my back. And it's still, even today, on Monday, yeah. two days later, it's still saying, what the hell was that? Yeah, yeah. One of, <laughs> one of my <laughs> friends from um, from uh, uh, the church I go to in Loveland, he came in and joined us. And um, mm-hmm. he and his wife are the creative pastors of the church. And, you know, we, he played with us. And then I guess he went home and played for another, like, hour and a half, two hours with his wife on the wow. pickleball court. So oh, I saw man. him, I saw him Sunday morning and he, I, I said, how are you feeling? He was like, well, I made the mistake of playing more pickleball. <laughs> so I'm pretty sore. And I was leading, his wife was on the team that morning with me and she's like, are your legs sore? And I said, my legs are super sore. And I played for two hours. You played for, so we all have this like in, internal 
pickleball conversation going at any given time where and then as soon as service was over she was like we're gonna go play pickleball if you want to join mm. us and i'm like you guys are crazy they are fiends fiends it's, for uh, pickleball yeah it's a phenomenon pickleball phenomenon it's uh, it, it's catching it really is it, it's <laughs> like the most i think it's one of the quickest growing sports yeah. in america at the moment which yeah. is which it's, is kind of crazy so yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a and it's an easy game to play, easy game to learn, and um, yeah, it's a good time. The only sad part is that we're, you know, the days are getting colder here in Colorado, so I think <laughs> right. pickleball. Uh, unless we want to go like to a like a rec I mean, center, they, or something they, the Longmont by. here here in Longmont, the rec center does have indoor courts. Yeah. Um, for you know, part I think certain days of the week they'll do for indoor. So it's still yeah. it's still very it's still possible. It's just gotta put in extra effort mm -hmm. so yes. other news as well uh yeah. besides the bills beating the chiefs last night which was it was a good oh, game oh you had to bring that up i brought yeah. up the pickleball it was a really good game and uh and you brought I up enjoyed. your bills butt whooping <laughs> i wouldn't say yeah, it was a i wouldn't see it was a butt whooping it was still a it was a really close game it was a, as is it was a good most game of their exchanges yeah well, i was telling my my coworkers today we had a, a team meeting in the morning and my manager always asks about football and all the Denver fans are very silent. And uh, <laughs> I just said, Hey, it was a, it was a good day. You know, yesterday was a good day of football. I said, but anytime the chief, anytime the chief and the bills play, it's like appointment footballs. Like you, you should just watch the game because it's good football. Right. Whether you're a fan of either one, it really is some of the most entertaining games you'll see. You know, Josh Allen playing leapfrog uh, on the way first down, just crazy. So, um, but uh, we also hired a new VA. Talk a little bit about yeah. that. Yeah. So, been looking for a, a VA to do some product listings and some account maintenance on our Amazon and Walmart accounts. And I had a VA that was with me for three, four years actually leave a, a couple months ago. And um, we transitioned a lot of the stuff to a different one uh, for kind of the interim, but some things just weren't getting done. And so we've been looking for a new one and she started this morning. So excited to uh, have nice. Maria join our team and uh, she's from the Philippines and uh, she's excited and um, drinking from a fire hose as it were. <laughs> um, she's got a lot of ex experience in, you know, the Amazon and Walmart space. She's yeah. worked for a lot of different companies, but um, you know, every company's different. And everybody, everybody's back end is kind of um, unique. She's never worked for a print-on-demand company before, so there's, you know, whereas you know a lot of private label sellers on, you know, or or whatever they're selling on Amazon brands or whatnot, you know, they have physical products, and you know, when item A sells, you grab item A and put it in a box and ship it. Well, yep. when item A sells and for a print-on-demand company, you got to marry the the shipping to the uh, to the design and figure out what goes on what and so there's just a lot of more moving a lot more moving pieces than she's used to but um here's to her succeeding and yes. uh you know kind of figuring out all the different nuances of the print on demand game but yeah, yeah that's new that's kind of cool nice that's awesome so yeah uh moving on into the point i feel like it's been a while since we've had a point of interest so yeah. To commemorate moving into the point of interest, we're going to play the most romantic ballad that's ever been played on the show for this week. Point of interest. I've never really realized how completely unnecessary the rose is. <laughs> <In that time. laughs> it's all unnecessary, but the rose blooming in like quarter speed, it just, it's not at all necessary <laughs> at all. And so if you're listening to this and you're like, what the hell are you talking about? If you don't have Spotify, stroll on over to YouTube, you'll see. <laughs> you'll see it's, it's beautiful awesome. though it's definitely beautiful it is yeah we'll have to do a live rendition sometime you know <laughs> break out a piano somewhere interpretive <laughs> dance for the flower <laughs> opening 
Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think some flags. We know enough mm. people. It'll happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this week's point of interest was kind of uh, prompted by a post that you made on Facebook talking about a delivery that you had received that week, which consisted of basically just piles and piles and piles and boxes <laughs> and boxes of tea towels and pillows. And there mm. it is. There's the photo for those watching on the video version. Uh, this looks very familiar to me. Um, it brings mm-hmm. back some PTSD um, <laughs> of me having to hoof and haul and lift. And I believe in the office, Jim and Dwight call moving boxes hauling cube at some point to make it more entertaining for themselves. <laughs> so whenever I see these, I just think hauling cube because that's what, what we did. But Travis, for those looking, why don't you uh, kind of explain what it is that we're looking at? Sure. So um we went since uh, taking over the what for apparel accounts, uh, a lot of uh, their clients were selling uh, different size pillows, pillowcases, or, which we DTG print and tea towels, which we also DTG print. And so um, we had gotten some stock uh, from what for apparel when we took over, you know, we paid for some stock that they had and, and it um, going into Q4, I knew that we were going to you know, go through all of that. And if not, and then some, and so I had to place another order, um, found actually, um, I was able to find one supplier for both the tea towels and the pillows. And, um, this isn't even all of them in the picture here. There's still several more boxes. The UPS driver had to make some more deliveries before he could, you know, find more boxes. He had you know, hundreds of boxes in his truck. So he came back later and gave us some more, but all of this is now cleaned up. It's in the storage unit outside, um, organized by, you know, size and color of the, yeah. uh, the, ta- the pillow and, and all of that. Um, but yeah, so the, what we wanted to talk about on the point of interest is where I got all of this stuff. Cause obviously I didn't, you know, go to Sanmar or SNS and get all this stuff. Um, you can probably tell that, well, maybe you can, maybe you can't. This was actually purchased on Alibaba or a contact from Alibaba and, um, and shipped from shipped sea shipping from China and then shipped, uh, UPS from the port to our facility here in Colorado. Um, and all of that, all of those logistics were actually handled by the uh, supplier in the vendor in, in China, which, was new to me because in the past I'd had a freight forwarder that I would use to um, take care of all of that. And this particular supplier uh, was able to do the whole door to door thing, which was very convenient. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, the downside of that is that uh, that's a lot of stock that you've got to hold on to that yep. um, is just money sitting there. Um, so there's a little risk there. But at the same time, um, we're not going to have to worry about running out of any of that stuff during Q4. We'll be able to probably use that into the new year. Um, sure. One of the things that you always have to do when you're searching on Alibaba is you got to you got to start early. <laughs> um, you know, from I think the first time I contacted her is probably July, um, and then they they have to make the products that can take 30 to 45 days. Then they've got to sea ship the product and then truck it yep. to you, which can take another 30 to 45 days. So you're looking at, you know, two to three months, I would give yourself three months until you actually absolutely need it. Um, we were expecting it more towards the end of October. It actually arrived a little earlier than we were expecting, but still we knew that, you know, barring some crazy delays, we were going to get it in time for the, you know, the Christmas rush and the stock that we had was going to last us. Uh, through the rest of the, you know, until we got this new, this new batch. Right. So, I mean, we talk about, you know, Alibaba and I guess, I mean, there is a little bit of a learning curve when it comes to communicating with the suppliers, obviously, you know, the time difference is, is one, I mean, you're going to be, if you want to be talking to them in real time, you're going to be up late or early depending on how you see it. Um, and just trying to nail down. I mean, I, I remember having every time we sit down at a poker table, I remember, well, not every time, but the times we play with our group of friends and see those poker chips uh, <laughs> that we once created <laughs> in an effort to bring them to market. Just the months that I spent trying to communicate with the designers 
mm-hmm. and the, you know making the casts and all that stuff and trying to get them to to uh, meet specifications. So there is a little bit of learning curve, but that being said, Alibaba or AliExpress could be an alternative idea when you're sourcing products that maybe a typical supplier doesn't have or mm-hmm. that they have at a much higher price. And this you know mainly would apply to those doing um, you know production in-house. But I mean I know that there's pillows. Some some suppliers that have pillows, I know Printful does does pillows, but um, sometimes if you're doing production in-house, you can get them for a lot cheaper and then be able to control, you know, uh, the price point a little bit better. Um, mm-hmm. I will say one thing to keep aware of and make sure of is that you check the quality because some of those in the, in the instances of the pillows specifically, some of them would have weird threads. Some of them would be a little off. So you got to mm-hmm. keep control and you got to mark those things and document them right. and say, Hey, yeah. this is this isn't right, or this isn't what we needed, or this is wrong. And then the supplier that you're working with in particular has been good about you know crediting us those items that are incorrect as long as we mm-hmm. we document them, um, yeah, you know the right way. But all that to say, Alibaba, you know, is a different alternative when it comes to sourcing blanks that you might be looking for that are a little bit more outside the box from what typical supp- typical suppliers might have. Yeah, I mean there was. Uh, when we were still in Longmont, I actually looked into bringing a 20 foot container full of uh, coffee mugs. And I was talking to your father-in-law about dropping that container on his land. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got some, some property uh, probably about a half hour from me right now. And um, kind of sharing those as we were two companies, we were both producing, you know, print on demand coffee mugs. And we never went forward with it. There were a lot of extra costs involved in because when the storage container comes, you've got to unload it. <laughs> you know, you can't keep the storage container. So we would have had to have rented another storage <laughs> container, unloaded the one and loaded the other. And, you know, there was a little bit of extra expense there. And, you know, um, while it would have saved us significantly in the long run, it was the outlay of cash and capital that we were going to have to 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 do was kind of uh, killed that. And um, now that, uh, you know, I, I don't have the room here to, to do that really. So um, it's not something that I'm looking at doing right now, maybe in the future, maybe if we, you know, had another facility, had a little more space, had, you know, a place to drop a container, I could see that. Um, But for now we're, you know, we are buying, on this side, but I mean, those companies that we're buying from are doing just that they're buying from China and bringing <laughs> right. them over and they are storing them. They do have the room and then they ship them yep. to us on pallets. So, but yeah, I love that idea of, I mean, if nothing else, if you're a producer in house, just go to Alibaba or AliExpress and just start looking around. You'll see some pretty amazing um, products yeah. that you could theoretically be the only one offering on one of these sales channels. And so, um, it's a really good idea and you can dip your toe in the water. A lot of these have small minimums. Um, you might pay a little more for those small minimums. Yeah, especially in AliExpress, there's a lot. You know, yeah. The price point might be a little higher when you get it from AliExpress, mm-hmm. but it is, you know, proof of concept, see what you can yep. do with it, if it works. And then if it mm-hmm. does, if it goes off and, and it's selling incredibly well, well, then you can go to Alibaba probably get a lower price point mm-hmm. and still offer that that same product in most instances. Yeah. And a lot of those companies are on both platforms. So you buy it on AliExpress and you say, hey, um, what is your bulk pricing on this product if it does well? And you can kind of, you know, um, they'll, you might not end up buying, you might still be, you might do all of your business on AliExpress, but right. um, you're going to get Alibaba pricing yeah. um, because it's you know it's just one company they just happen to have more of a retail presence on aliexpress and more of a wholesale presence on alibaba but yeah that's a that's a great website to check out if you've never done it um highly recommended and see what you can come up with yeah and also as we kind of close out this point of interest another interesting point i like to point out is that travis is wearing a hat that has the old school pod cast logo on it mm-hmm. that is vintage uh, as it were uh, for those of you that are new to the show, we didn't always have that really cool logo that you see uh, in the bottom right-hand corner now if you are watching the video. Uh, it was different, but 
you know, hey, it works. And I just thought I'd point that out for really no reason. So uh, that being said, we're going to move into this week's main event. Ladies and gentlemen, the main event. All right, Travis, this week we're going to be talking about drop shipping. Everything you need to know about drop shipping. Drop shipping 101, as it were. So if this mm-hmm. were a college class that you were all going to be a part of and taking part in, that would be what it would say on the syllabus. And we were going to teach you. You're going to learn today. So we're <laughs> going to teach you all about drop shipping 101. So, Travis, what's one of the first things when it comes to drop shipping? that people need to do or or be aware of yeah i think you can probably piece this whole episode or this whole main event together uh from past episodes but um we got some some feedback from some of our long-term listeners and they were like hey you should go back and maybe look at these uh we did i think it was episode four we did like what do you want to be when you grow up and kind of the idea of um, who, what, what type of print-on-demand seller do you want to be? And so, uh, dropshippers is one of the big ones, I guess. It's probably the lowest barrier to entry, um, uh, or at least one of the lowest barrier to entries. And so, yeah. So the first thing you want to do is um, you need to register register a business with the Secretary of State. Do it right. Open a business checking account. Um, yeah, as not just, sexy as that is, everyone's yeah. tuning out because they thought step one was make cool shit. But no, <laughs> register uh, with the Secretary of State. So please, for those mm-hmm. of you that were wanting sex appeal uh, from a podcast with two gentlemen uh, talking about <laughs> print on demand, stay put. Okay, he's telling it's the coming. truth. You have to do it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So register your business with the secretary of state. It's um, for your, you know, for your state and they'll give you an EIN, which is an employee identification number. Um, the way you register really, I would, I would recommend maybe talking to a CPA or somebody who has a little more knowledge. I'm not giving advice right now. I'm not a CPA, um, but you can register as a, um, just a sole proprietor. They call that a DBA doing business mm-hmm. as so. Um, for example, the print-on-demand cast is has an EIN. It's Travis Ross, DBA, print-on-demand cast. So it's yeah. all coming through my main, like it's all technically, any income we make on this is technically taxable income. Right. Um, obviously, I can still deduct like the cost of this microphone and the cost of the subscription for StreamYard and, you know, some of those things I can deduct sure. that. Um but that that is a, a DBA structure, a sole proprietor structure. You can start that. That's usually that's pretty easy, really. It's probably the easiest way to start. Um, but you know, once you start making a little bit of money, you want to start paying yourself. You may maybe you're wanting to hire some employees that are stateside. Uh, you might look into an S corporation, um, which is uh, has some certain tax advantages that I'll let your CPA explain to you. Um, <laughs> But you can save in taxes because it's not all coming through your personal, you know, so not every dollar that's coming in is taxed at the same rate. Some is taxed at a corporate rate, which is a lot lower than your personal rate. And so um, after you've, you know, established yourself, you can transition a DBA to an S Corp. um, And, uh, but there's certain times you have to do that. You usually have to do that at the beginning of the year. So I would, you know, if, if you are a DBA right now and you're doing well and you're considering it, when you talk to your CPA at the end of the year about, you know, kind of end of year taxes and write-offs and things like that, if you have a meeting scheduled with your CPA, if you don't go schedule a meeting anyway, because you need to talk through all that stuff anyway, that's another podcast, (laughs) but, um, ask them about, Hey, am I ready to be an S corp? And if so, what are the steps to do that? And that might be something that, um, is very advantageous to you depending on where you're at in the whole process, but do it right. Get your business checking account. Don't run it through your personal account. Yeah. You know, register your trade name with your secretary of state, get your EIN number, um, do it all the right way. If you're starting, um, you'll thank yourself later. Yeah. <laughs> you'll thank your yeah. past self 
<laughs> at some point, I promise. Yeah, don't just leave stuff for future you, because um, <laughs> then past you can be a little resentful, um, speaking from experience. So <laughs> take care of future you and just do it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, you know the next thing would be just deciding on a niche. And we've had a lot of episodes and a lot of right. guests talk about, you know, what? how do you decide on a niche? What do you want to go with? What should you start designing for? Who's your avatar? Who's your ideal customer? Who's that person? What you know? So I, I think for me, the the best piece of advice that I have found, at least just to start, is just start in things that you're passionate about, things that you already love, right. you understand, you are a, a part of that fan base, because then it's easier for you to create designs around something that you you, you yourself are a part of that niche. And so you're selling mm-hmm. to people that are like you, um, which is a really easy place to start. Because like I said, the design ideas aren't typically very sparse. You you should know what would sell well to people that you are in the in, in a fan base with. Even if it's, you know, I know last year you guys did um, a uh, a shirt that was also was cultural but it was also very much like a football nfl niche and you have to get a little creative if you are an nfl if that's your thing if that's you love nfl uh you don't want to just go and start printing chiefs and bills logos on your stuff (laughs) um because that will not work out well for you however if there are things that are said um or things that you know chiefs fans understand or something that happens in a game um, and you want to put it on a shirt and it's the colors, it's the team's colors. So people understand the correlation mm-hmm. that, I mean, that is passable. I think I did one, a while, one of the first ones I ever did was don't be a mass hole, um, mm. which was targeted towards people that are fans of, um, Boston teams like the Patriots specifically, but I did it in a Boston Red Sox type of color scheme. Font. So like it was and, and font. And so right. people got the the correlation. So I think for mm-hmm. me, that would be the biggest piece of advice when you're doing a niche. And then it would be research, research yeah. niches. There's so many uh, things. Um, I'm blanking on his name. I can't, we've had him on the show and he's from Colorado and he made Neil, 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 Lassen. Yes, Neil Lassen has so many tools that are, yeah. you know, good for, for niche researching. Uh, E-rank mm-hmm. is good for, um, researching as well, um, things that you can look into and see that you might not like, you might not be a fan of that particular niche, but according to the data, it's getting this many searches and this many hits and there's no competition. And so when you do that kind of thing, who gives a rip if you are a fan of that, of that particular niche, <laughs> you'll make money. So just, you know, do that um, and, and kind of dive deep and, and sell things that are, that are, relevant to that particular niche that you've researched. Yeah. I mean, I think that really covers it. I mean, you, you can go the two, there's two different routes, really. You can go throw, throw a bunch of niches at the wall, see what sticks and then try to go further down the rabbit hole. Like I was actually talking about last week, or you can just start with something, you know, like, uh, that you enjoy. I know, um, Josiah, you did, uh, a wrestling Mm-hmm. kind of you you helped with a wrestling brand that uh, you yeah. and a friend started and and it's because you enjoy you know WWE or whichever right. you know whatever they call whatever it whatever three days. letters yeah it's all three it's all a bunch of letters <laughs> NFL WWE NBA just you know but yeah I did and so it's because we knew what we'd sell and it was very mm-hmm. tongue in cheek it was um real our tagline was real shirts making fun of a fake sport basically is what we what we <laughs> coined ourselves as and very sarcastic and kind of like mm-hmm. obviously not taking everything too seriously um and and it worked it worked really well it was a lot of fun for a while there so um mm-hmm. but yeah that that's my that would that would be kind of uh, my my go to advice and then of course once you have a niche and you know what you want to sell uh then you need to find a designer and there are mm-hmm. A few ways to do that, right? So right. one of them that we just talked about a VA, uh, that mm-hmm. would be a, a really good way to find a designer. A lot of um, shout out to Ron. Doubt he'll ever listen yep. to this show, but that man is <laughs> in in my time in in the POD in, industry and working with clients. That man uh, has turned uh, my ideas, which we will call chicken shit, 
into chicken <laughs> salad. Okay. And, and he takes my, he takes the things that I try and I have in my head and try and lay out. And he has done such a, a good job uh, mm. for me. So onlinejobs.ph. He, he, he did our logo, didn't he? Yeah. Yep. He did our logo. Mm-hmm. Yes. So he, um, he does a really good job and we found him on online, onlinejobs.ph, which we have an affiliate yep. link for in the show notes. And as you just heard, any income that's on this show is, that is made is taxable. Because we <laughs> registered, <laughs> so that has nothing to do with uh, online jobs at all. But uh, we do have an affiliate link in the show if you guys want to use that and use that service to find someone. Because I'm telling you, there's some incredibly talented, qualified, and skilled people in the Philippines that will mm-hmm. absolutely revolutionize your workflow because of how efficient yep. they are at what they do. So I, I that's I can't sing those phrases enough. I really, really enjoy. Um, the people that I've worked with from that from that platform. Yeah, totally. I, there's also Upwork, which is uh, another platform that's pretty famous or famous, pretty well known, I guess, uh, for yeah. virtual assistants. You can find virtual assistants from the U.S. on Upwork. You can find them from all over the world. Um, the thing, the thing that I like, uh, that I prefer onlinejobs.ph is that once you have hired the person in onlinejobs.ph, they have like a way that you can use their platform to track their time and pay them and all yeah. that. Or you can come take them completely off the platform um, and use your own way to track their time and your own payment methods and all of that. Um, the thing about Upwork is that the Upwork takes a percentage. They do they do all of that for you. They try, they haven't, you know, everybody, you don't get to take them off the platform, mm-hmm. I guess is what yeah. I'm trying to say. Yeah. They're, they're going to be working in the Upwork platform and you, you basically pay them through that, et cetera, et cetera, because you're actually paying Upwork and Upwork is paying them. And yeah. so they get, they get less than what you're actually paying Upwork. Um, so if you're going to have somebody for four or five years, <laughs> you know, like my last VA, um, I would have paid a lot more for her had I had she been solely on Upwork. So right. I preferred having her um, getting, you know, interviewing and doing all that through onlinejobs.ph. Um, but it's a viable thing. You know, uh, I have used Upwork for like task type things like, hey, I need I need you to go through this 50,000 line spreadsheet and change this, you know, I need you to link something on every single line. And so, and I'll pay 250 bucks to have somebody right. do that. And I, I don't know if that's the math is right or if, you know, but you get what I'm saying. You can do a task type thing on Upwork and get it really quick. Um, right. So that's, that's a nice, nice service. Also Fiverr, of course, um, you can just, you can do everything from buying uh, a, a bunch of art from somebody to, having kind of finding another Ron, if you will, sure. uh, somebody who is an artist that you could continue to feed ideas to. And um, it depends on, you know, it's a gig type thing. So they, Fiverr likes to keep it inside of their ecosphere as well. So they try to, um, you know, you have to buy a gig and pay for that gig. And, and then if you have, if you keep coming back to them, it's going to be a new gig every time. So right. it's a little bit different than Upwork and onlinejobs.ph. And there's plenty of others, plenty of other places you can find um, qualified virtual assistants from. Um, but that's not the only way uh, you can find a design. I mean, of course, maybe you have design skills. Maybe that's yeah, do yourself. your wheelhouse. Yeah, totally. Yeah, DIY. Yeah, there's, there's Canva, there's Photoshop, there's Illustrator, there's, you know, we had a, uh, we had a podcast at one point talking about free online Photoshop. Photoshop yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so look for that in the archives if you're interested. Um, and the cool thing about that is, um, you know, if really if business is going to take money and it's going to take time. And if you don't have a lot of money, you're going to have to spend a lot of time. And maybe yep. you don't have as much time, but you have some money. And so you can set your time free by using money. So if you have the skill and you don't have a lot of money, it might make sense to, you know, look at those YouTube videos and learn more yeah. about your craft and and spend the time to be able to be an excellent designer. Um, and then maybe you can make enough money to someday hiring, you know, somebody else to to help you and supplement that. Yep. Yeah. So then there's, there's other ways to find a designer too, though. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you can also do, um, like art subscription services. We just had, um, well, well, first of all, there's like, there's Vexel, um, there's design pickle designs from merch.com. I mean, there's lots of things that you can get 
if you don't want to hire a VA or you don't mm -hmm. have the skills yourself, there's a lot of different services that you can use um, that will have um, art available to you. Like we talked about, we had Vexels. That's what I was going to say. We had um, Vexels on the show uh, mm -hmm. kind of telling us their what their program does, the the editable you know Photoshop files that you can download. They kind of do it all themselves um, for you, and then you can just download it, and it's very plug-and-play, very easy to do. Um, and right. so if you're interested in Vexels, they do have – and they've got um, – mock-up generators as well um, that mm -hmm. you can use uh, for listing things online. So we have an affiliate link there in the show notes as well for Vexels. Um, Travis, I forget what, what, what the deal, what's the, 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 the discount that our listeners get. Do you remember if they mm. use our... It's been a little language? while. They run sales every once in a while. I think they recently ran a sale a couple months ago and a couple people yeah. jumped on it. But um yeah, I don't know what the I don't know if there's an ongoing one. I could I could maybe find that out uh, by emailing them and just seeing if there's some time some some type of uh, discount or you yeah. know percentage yeah. off or Go something like that. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, and then um, you know design like I said design pickle designs for merch dot com um, Gumroad, which you can use. We've used that a couple times to find some designs that people make available there for you. Mm hmm. I'm yeah, very, I, go ahead. I was just gonna say, I I actually used to run a um, a service that was on Gumroad where I had VAs, you know, virtual assistants, designers creating a lot of designs for us, and I couldn't use them all, and so I put packages together and would just go on Gumroad and list, hey, there's a twenty design package for uh, that are all that all have to do with nurses you know, 20 design packages all have to do with race car driving or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I would sell those, um, at a small profit, you know, cause I, I had, had all these art pieces and I wasn't going to use them all. So I kind of took what I wanted and then sold the yeah. rest. Um, and there's a lot of people out there doing that on, on Gumroad and other platforms. So, um, you know, you can even get into a subscription type service where you pay a certain amount a month and they deliver you a certain number of designs. Um, you know, just keep an eye on that and make sure they're quality designs and that you feel like you're getting what, you know, getting, getting your money's worth. Um, yeah. Uh, if you're going to do something like that, but, uh, there's a lot of options out there to find, to find a designer, to get some designs so that you can then move on to the next step. Right. Which is, so of course you found a niche, you have a designer or you have designs and now you have to choose where you're going to put all of these things to actually start making the money. Here comes mm -hmm. the sexy talk, making money uh, on with POD. That's what you guys all want to hear. So let me satiate your ears uh, and tell you, this is the part of the show uh, where I tell you about the dollars you will make in the beginning when you are listing your designs for sale, the tens and tens and tens and tens and tens of dollars. I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, there's a couple different options um, for you. There's royalty based pod, which basically means that you upload the design and they take care of everything else. And then you get a small royalty uh, based on the price point. Um, and oftentimes, and that, that, that varies. Um, you'll probably end up, obviously not getting the lion's share of that of the money made because you supplied the design and they bought the t-shirt and they printed it and they brought the customer and they uh, so there's lots of different um structures out there a couple of different services amazon merch on demand mod a spinoff show mod cast coming soon with chris green <laughs> and another amazon evangelist i'm sure any day now the mod cast and it won't be about the golden girl. Redbubble is another idea uh, or another platform. Cafe Press and Spring, which used to be called Teespring, but is now going by Spring. So all of those, um, you are able to sell your designs and they will just send you a royalty. I have a, a friend of mine in Arizona who is a phenomenal photographer. And he uses Redbubble and puts his stuff on blankets and pillows and phone cases and like mm. all kinds of stuff um that of these prints that he takes and so he is just making it <clears throat> i reached out to him to be on the show and he he was like give me a, like a year so i can actually build this and get some more experience but from what he and i were talking about he has had a really great experience working with redbubble um mm. and the products that they have to offer 
And so, um, yeah, he seemed totally stoked about it. So there's royalty-based POD, and then there's seller of record POD, uh, which is the Etsy, which is probably the easiest to start um, mm-hmm. just because it's a, out of the big three, I think it's the lowest barrier to entry. Would you agree as far as getting an account yeah. with, with them to sell on? Yep, getting an account and then the commission structure, you know, uh, yeah. you don't have to pay for Etsy. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah, and their percentages that they take from each seller are lower as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so then there's there's Amazon and you do, you know, if you want that Prime badge, you get that uh, professional account, uh, which is at what, 40? Is it still $40 a month? Has that gone it's up? about 40 bucks a month, about I think. 40 yeah. bucks. Okay. So in that case, you have to think, okay, how many of these things do I need to sell? to offset that $40 price point or that, that $40 mm-hmm. subscription to, you know, hopefully yeah. make this if, all make sense. Yeah. If you don't have a professional account, they charge you a dollar per sale in addition to all the other oh. fees that they, sure. That, so in other words, you have to sell 40 things a month to, to make up that $40. Um, if you're not, if you're only selling 10 things a month, you know, maybe you can get by um, not sure. using a, professional plan although at the same time if you're a drop shipper um, i don't believe they open up api access to you until you become a professional seller so you can't technically hook up your print on demand platform to amazon without that professional seller account so you may have to do some copy and pasting for a little while until you get your sales up a little bit um, and then you can integrate later but more on that more on the integration part later yeah and then of course walmart um, is uh, an, uh, another one of the big three um, that is making strides to try and compete with Amazon more and more, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's, of course, Shopify and WordPress. Uh, so those are kind of your own sites. And we've talked about this before, but th- something to be cognizant of when you are thinking about this. So if you're thinking that, um, let's say you open an Etsy store, and you know that there is going to be a lot of traffic because, um, you know, Etsy is, is a well-known platform. So you make a lot of sales on Etsy and you think, well, I'm just going to go start my own site and it's going to be equally as successful because look what it did on Etsy. Um, the major difference is Etsy drives traffic to your product mm-hmm. for you. Um, right. Brings the audience. It, it brings... <laughs> It brings all the boys to your yard, okay? <laughs> you might provide the milkshake, but Etsy brings the boys <laughs> to the yard, okay? If you go out and get your own website, you not only have to make the milkshake, you have to advertise that milkshake through the whole neighborhood in hopes of <laughs> a boy coming to find your milkshake, okay? You have to bring all of the audience, and that is a full circle Khalees reference from a song in the two thousands that none of you thought you would hear today, but that's (laughs) what I do. I tie obscure non non relevant songs to what we're talking about. So (laughs) I loved that. I I I loved that analogy really well. I do too. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, all of that to say Etsy, Amazon, Walmart, they bring the customers to you. And Mm so you then, if you want to go um, start a Shopify store, you can do that. But you also have to understand that you're going to be paying a lot um, to try and, you know, do Google ads or Facebook ads or Mm -hmm. go get the audience to come see your product. So that's one thing to keep in mind. If you have a built in audience, if you're a social media influencer, if you are someone that has a captive audience already um, through your social media channels, maybe and you want to sell to them, it might be a little bit easier because you already have people kind of in the net that you can that you can bring mm-hmm. into your boat. But um, for the most part, that's the biggest difference, and that's one thing right. that I think a lot of people, I know I did for sure, when you're first starting out, didn't quite understand that difference of like, oh, I can't just go start a random right. novelty shirt site because I have all of these back log all of these designs that we're just sitting on so i'm gonna throw them on a Mm -hmm. shopify store okay but they're not going to sell unless you start dumping significant money to try and get people's eyes to your store yeah i think the the one other thing i'll add to that is um first of all you're totally right all the all the eyeballs are at etsy amazon and walmart and you know 
Redbubble and all these other places that generate their own marketing to bring the traffic. Um, that's, and the thing about Shopify and, and WordPress or some of these other site builder tools, Squarespace and other places, um, it's your thing. And so nobody's driving traffic except for you. The one thing I'll say is that if you start with a strategy, particularly on Etsy, I know I know there's a lot of people who have started on Etsy and they have some type of email capture in their you know shop description, uh, in their product um, information, in their follow-up emails. They're trying to capture emails. They're trying to build a brand technically. And I think that's where the Shopify um, idea really can take off. If you start with that end in mind, maybe it takes a year, maybe it takes a couple years um, but your goal is to eventually launch this, you know, this other entity that's capitalizing on all of the momentum you got on these other sites that actually do bring customers yeah. and you're collecting their data. You're collect, you know what they sell. Um, that's going to be a lot easier if you have more of a brand mentality as opposed to a, um, or a specific niche mentality as opposed to like kind of throwing the spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah. Um, because those customers are all kinds of different people. Whereas like your wrestling tease thing, you know, I don't know how well that would do on Etsy because uh, you know, I don't know how many wrestling fans go on Etsy, right. but, right. <laughs> um, but if it did somehow take off or whatever, and maybe you had a, uh, you, you had a Facebook group that also had a bunch of people in it and you were just doing, you know, Instagram and Facebook and this Etsy shop and you were building this community. That's something that you could, Tran that could translate to Shopify because you you now have a built-in audience. You sure. have an email list. You have a group of people you can post to, and and they will gladly go to another place to purchase. You just have to direct them and and have the plan, have the strategy to move them from one of these other bigger channels to your own channel and yeah. capture one hundred percent of the sale as opposed to having to pay for that marketing effort that Etsy and Amazon and Walmart are doing for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and then once you pick your platform, uh, you need to pick a print partner, which again, we've talked mm -hmm. about, you know, quite a bit about the different options that are out there. We just had Paul on from gelato and he mm -hmm. talked about everything that they can offer, everything that they have to offer for you um, mm -hmm. as well. Um, and there is uh, an affiliate link to Gelato. If you guys want to sign up, give them a shot um, and just see what they can do for you, see what products they have to offer. Uh, I think we talked about uh, in that episode pretty um, uh, extensively about the advantage of if you're wanting to expand into international markets and how they have actual production facilities in other countries that will make getting things to customers overseas much easier than someone that doesn't have that presence over there. But the affiliate link is for 50% off of the first order. So go ahead and give that a try. Um, you know, let them know that we sent you and, uh, and let us know uh, how it goes. Uh, we're excited to see yeah. how, how people experience what that platform goes as well. And then you, of course, have Printful. Uh, you have Printify. And then you have local, um, you know, supplier providers, I should say print partners like Make Your Mark Design um, mm -hmm. that can... Um, help fulfill and dropship your orders for you. We've talked a lot about how I think the local advantage, um, and it would not just be, I'm not saying this just because, you know, make your mark design is, is a part of that category, but all, but one thing that you get with local that you don't get with some of the big guys is the ability to pick up the phone and call somebody. I mean, we've had multiple mm -hmm. conversations with people who listen on the show and listen to the show and, and call for a question or, Hey, I have an idea. And, pick up the phone you get it you get a voice you get someone right. that can actually talk to you um and not uh, a call prompt i just i just waited through before i got on to record 45 minutes of call prompts for a work issue and i was transferred four times um by four different people to the same mm -hmm. prompt and so it's like that is so frustrating it's like i just want to talk just transfer me to the person that i need to talk to and get this over right. with because now i'm now I'm pissed off and the person that I talk to is going to end up getting a different version of myself than I was <laughs> at the beginning of this process. Four people ago. I was in a great <laughs> mood four people ago and now I'm just a little irritated and I'm probably going to be a little mm -hmm. short and a little more, mm -hmm. uh, you know, to the point. Um, and then, uh, you know, and then there's also gear bubble as well, but Travis, anything, anything you want to add uh, to any of those partners that were potential partners? 
No, I, th I, I think you covered, I mean, really it's what's going to work with your workflow. Um, you know, a Printful or a Printify, you know, they may have a really, or even Gelato or even Gearbubble, they may have a really pretty um, user interface for you yeah. that maybe that's, maybe that's very attractive to you. Maybe you're not as computer savvy or, you know, um, the, you know, and so it's, it might be a little easier to onboard with these different companies than it would be with a local print shop or even us. Um, you know, we try to make it as easy as possible, but there's still things that, you, you know, hoops you got to jump through to be on our platform. Yeah. But the yeah. benefit you have is that um, um, we, we're not limited to some of the products that you are on some of these other places. And sure. to your point, you know, you can pick up the phone and say, Hey, what if I want to do this? How would we accomplish this? And we might actually go ahead and do that. It's not going to be like moving the Titanic to get the new, new thing that you only you want to do. And they're like, oh, no, that's not something it's on our, you know, that's yeah. not on our roadmap um, where local has a lot of, um, a lot more ability uh, to, you know, to pivot really. And yeah. I was looking for the thing and I couldn't find it. I wanted oh. to just throw the little sound bumper in there. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. I mean, I, th I can think of um, a handful of examples where we've had, you and I have had conversations. Um, people call in and say, Hey, I, I have this thing or I have these you know hoodies that I embroider and it needs to be this way and it's like okay well let me talk with the team circle the wagons can we pull it off what does that look like okay we're willing we're willing to do a if you can provide b or if you can commit to c or whatever mm -hmm. but there is a lot more malleability to what a local shop can offer most of the time um which is like you said like an, another added benefit and i know that we've done that you know a handful of times in in working yep. with clients for sure So the next step would be mock-up creation. And, uh, you know, we talked about Vexels having a mock-up um, ability. Um, but you may not need to do this with certain print partners. Um, but even so, uh, you still may want to swap out their images uh, and use kind of lifestyle or supplemental images. I know with like Deco, um, which isn't necessarily a drop ship platform, but they do provide you, you, when you create a store on Deco, you have images that are provided to you. But they're not usually the greatest and you probably want to go and swap them with something that's a little more engaging and then a little more, you know, to your brand. Like you were saying, if you're, you're wanting a brand mentality, there might be a certain look that you want to, to achieve that sometimes the just stock photos with your image on it doesn't really provide mm -hmm. that. So you, you right. want, you want to do something different. Um, you can use VAs to do it. If you have designs and you have a VA that is proficient in Photoshop and wants to create these, mock-up images for you mm -hmm. that's another possibility there's canva yeah. if you want to do it yourself there's canva uh photoshop um bulk mock-up which is actually a lot of fun we've used that a handful of times it's a photoshop plugin where you can just put the same design on multiple shirts at once mm -hmm. and it really kind of takes the heavy lifting out of mock-up generation and then mm -hmm. placeit.com which i've used a lot in place it has videos and Man, Playset has a lot of stuff now. They are yeah. adding a lot to, to their offering as far as what you can do with mock-up creation. But above, yeah. above, above and beyond that, they have a lot of social media templates and stuff like that too. But a great place for for, mm -hmm. for a mock-up generator. Yeah, Playset actually was recently purchased by Envato, and, um, <clears throat> which is a big company. And they have a lot of other products out there. And so when Envato bought them, they really went pretty crazy yeah. with how many more things that they were adding, which was really <laughs> cool. Um, I just want to say one more thing about the, the, you know, if you're using like a printful and you're doing, you know, uh, a bunch of the same products over and over again, um, it may make sense for you to use some of these other mock-up tools because you, you know, there's only so many times you can look at that girl holding out the mug, you know, and the same person, <laughs> the same expression, the same, um, nail polish <laughs> uh, on her hands, you know, and um, if you're trying to build a brand, um, that may not be the image that you want to portray. And, you know, it is funny because I'm sure you can relate, but there are times when I'll see things online and I'll be like, that's a place at mock-up. Yeah. <laughs> I can for sure tell, like, mm -hmm. 
I've seen that before. Or, or that's a that's a printful mock-up. I've seen yep. that, you know, however yep. many times. And so yes, the that that's really um, you know, you don't have to do that, but it can set you apart. You can be a little different. I mean, uh, I guarantee if you're in this for a couple of years and you are creating mock-ups and you are bringing products to market, you're eventually gonna see you're going to know, oh, that's a Printful market. They're getting their stuff yep. from Printful. Yep. You're going to see stuff like that. Um, I don't know that that's necessarily a bad thing, um, but I don't think it's a good thing. <laughs> Personally, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it, it, I mean, I have, I have used the Printful mockups in the past you right. know, and, and I have products out there that sell that are using those mockups. Um, I just think long-term, you know, some of these other options may, may help you uh, capture more sales and just stand out a little more in the marketplace. Yep. So moving on down the list, the last point you've reached the end of, uh, this class folks, congratulations. Uh, you have almost, almost made it. Um, so, uh, list your products and collect orders or, and, and, or collect the cash. I want a queen. This is where you win the game. Uh, and so uh, the first one being titles, bullets, descriptions, etc. Very important to do all mm-hmm. of them accurately. Oh, oh, someone's calling. One second. <laughs> He's got someone calling and I've got my dogs barking uh, at I think the mailman, I'm not too sure what's happening, but they're all losing their minds. Um, I don't know if you can, I, you can hear them or not. But anyway, uh, we've talked about titles, bullets, and descriptions before in the past uh, and the importance of them. Obviously, you want to give an accurate description of what it is that you are actually selling. Um, mm-hmm. Because if your bullets are wrong, it, I feel like it, it just really mitigates any upset customers like the first step of like you want to accurately tell them what they're going to be getting um the quality the the material makeup the lead time especially uh mm-hmm. how long it's going to take to get there uh you know so a lot of those things are, are very very important to have and to really think them out more than just typing something randomly in all of those spaces have kind of like a strategy when it comes to how you're titling these these particular uh, items. Yeah. And um, this is the place that you, you really want to focus on your keywords too, um, your, your, t- your titles and your descriptions and things like that, because all of these channels that we're listing on, I mean, even, even your own channel, even your Shopify channel, you, there's algorithms that are going to analyze these things and then put your product in front of potential buyers, whether it's on Amazon or whether it's literally on Google and an organic search and it's pointing to your Shopify store, all of these things, um, you, you really want to focus on your keywords. So this is part of that whole listing your product piece um, that is not necessarily is challenging to automate. Let's just say Um, you really do want to dig into this. And um, actually, so I, this morning when my uh, new virtual assistant, product manager was looking through our Amazon accounts. Um, she just jumped in and just was looking around. I told her to kind of get familiar with our product selection and just things like that. And um, at the end of her shift, she was like, um, I have already found, you know, several of your, uh, several of your products have keywords that aren't actually ranking or aren't um, huh. what's it called? Not ranking, but um, what did she say? Indexed. Yeah. So they're not even, they don't have no ability to be found because they haven't been indexed. And so there are tricks that you can do and, um, and she's going to start doing that. She's going to start making sure that all of our keywords are actually indexed for the product. So if somebody searches that keyword, it's actually going to show up because right now it's not. So there's things like that, that, excuse me, you can, um, you can kind of focus on at this point of the, you know, the stage of the game, when you're actually listing your products, they're really, it's really important. Yeah. Uh, and so there's also, um, some services that will push listings and pull orders automatically, automatically rather to, to some channels. Um, mm-hmm. so 
I know there's some, I mean, there's some softwares that you can use. Uh, is it listing mirror that can actually push listings mm-hmm. uh, from, if you haven't turned to Amazon, it will do it to, to, Walmart. to Walmart. Yeah. To your Shopify, a lot of yep. different channels. So that helps, you know, doing the work once and then being able to kind of just push it. I mean, there might be some things that you have to kind of tweak here and there by platform. Um, mm-hmm. But for the most part, the, the majority of that work will be will be done for you. And uh, so, yeah. yeah, particularly if you're using like a, a Printful or a Printify or, you know, they have kind of automations that will push the listing live onto your platform. Um yeah. You know, and again, it's the same idea. Those listings are all going to look the same when they go out there, aside from the design. You know, sure. Um, so you you can edit them after the fact, but you can use those those platforms to list those products. Gear Bubble does that. Um, you know, we've 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 had uh, Adam Schneider on before. We're going to have him on yeah. again, actually, pretty soon. Um, see how he's doing. But Gear Bubble does that, and um, just automatically lists them on these different platforms through their integrations. Um, but there are, you know, so they'll push them. And then when that skew gets ordered, it actually will pull it back, pull that order back and then produce based on the art file that you had uploaded. Yeah. Um, it's, it's pretty, it's relatively hands off um, for the most part. Now, if you're using like uh, a local provider or like mark, make and mark design, we don't have a way to push the listings to your stores um, but if you have listings already, we can certainly um, pull them, pull right. the, order pull the actually, orders, yeah, or help you help you list those products to where those SKUs come through with the art file and what it is and all of that. And then, um, but that's, I mean, that's just being a fulfillment partner. That's, sure. that's what we what we do. But that's that's the idea. So if you're not on a professional plan, maybe you, you know, on Amazon, maybe you don't have the ability to do that. So you still, you're going to need to do some copy and pasting and figuring out how to, how to communicate that information to your, to your print provider. We use order desk to pull those orders. And so there's places you can fill in different things about what the product is and what the print file is and all of that. If you do, if you do custom orders, uh, there's kind of a, a delay before the order actually is pushed to us. You can basically edit it to your heart's content, get the right link or get the right, uh, the art correct and uh, make that custom uh, art for them and then push it to us. So uh, there's a lot of different things you can do with order desk that, and that's, that's how we do it here at make your mark design. Yeah, that is it. Uh, I think that is the end. Anything else we want to talk about when you are, when we're looking at, Drop shipping 101 or i feel like it's pretty extensive i mean we went you know over an hour on this one folks yeah so yeah. um yeah anything else that you want to add well i think the last you know the, the the thing that we didn't make didn't make it onto our notes is uh the eighth point retire to a tropical island and sit <laughs> on a beach i think that's probably the last step that you know once you've done all these other things you can just go ahead and Quit your job. It's yep. pretty simple. That's it. That's all you have to do. That's all you got to do. <laughs> and follow these seven easy steps. And maybe one day, possibly, you can be on a beach doing nothing, celebrating, having a good time. You're welcome. I don't think so. No, I, I don't think so. I don't <laughs> think it's that easy. No, I, I don't think so either. But we like to think that it is, and uh, which is why you know we we always try and put our best inspirational foot forward. So we know you guys like all of the the appeal of of the millions and millions. So, uh, but and thank you guys uh, for listening again this week. Uh, we're looking forward to. I think we have an interview next week. Is that right? An interview. I believe we do. It got canceled. We were supposed to have it this week. It got canceled. That's right. Yeah. Um, push push back a week. So yeah, next yeah. week we'll have an interview for you guys. Nice. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, here we go. I'm going to go into wait. Well, hold on. Wait a second. I wish we had a record scratch. Travis, weren't you telling me something about you guys were looking into a 3D printer? I feel like that's a huge yeah talking yeah, point I think, that we should I think, that we should definitely touch. I think 3D printing. Uh, I mean, even Paul last couple of weeks ago on Gelato was talking about how 3D printers are kind of the wave of the future. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, we we're definitely looking into that. Yeah, for sure. Hey, did you know 
the difference you know what the difference between a step stool and a miniature 3d printer is no i have no idea the former is a little ladder and the latter is a little former time for the weekly dad joke there it is we snuck it in in the ninth hour the fourth quarter the end of the game the we got it in there for you on this week's dad joke <laughs> of the week but thank you guys so much for listening uh, as always if you guys want to reach out to us please join the facebook group it's where you can ask questions to travis and myself it's where you can ask questions to any former uh, guests that we've had a lot of them are in the facebook group that you can kind of tag and, and shout out and ask questions but that is the best place to do that. If you don't like social media, we completely understand. You can email us, info at printondemandcast.com with your question, and we'd be happy to answer it there as well. And wherever there are podcasts, the PODcast is there for you. So if you are listening on Apple Podcast app, do us a favor and leave a review. Let us know what you think of the show, what you would like to hear, maybe a guest that you think would be great on the show, whatever it is, let mm-hmm. us know, leave the review. We'll shout you out on the show and let you know uh, how much we, we genuinely appreciate your interaction and helping that algorithm. If you're listening on Spotify, uh, you can rate us. Uh, there's a star system there, but that's about it. I don't think you can leave a reply or a comment just yet. I'm sure that's coming. Uh, and if you're listening on all the other 4,366 podcast platforms that are probably out there, uh, <laughs> I have no idea if you can uh, review or rank or rate at all. Uh, but if you love the show and you're listening, just head over to the podcast app, even if you don't use it regularly, and just leave us a review. Uh, it's you know very, very helpful for us in the algorithms, as we've said before. Um, so with that... Uh, Anything else, Travis, before we send it home? I don't think so. All right. Well, for Travis, I'm Josiah. We'll see you next week right here on the Print On Demand cast. See Hey, babe. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Print On Demand cast. We hope you enjoyed the Totally Tubular show. If you've got a question or a suggestion for the show, send Travis and Josiah an email at info at printondemandcast.com. Want to be wicked nice? Take a minute to rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe now so you don't miss next week's episode. See you next time for sure. In a world where businesses everywhere are trying to make print-on-demand sales, one podcast goes above and beyond every week to bring the most POD-specific information there is. All to help save the day, every day. Don't succumb to the enemies of your print-on-demand business. Sign up today for the print-on-demand cast VIP email at printondemandcast.com slash VIP. This time, it's for real.